Chris, thanks for doing a, a Sunday edition of the Decoded podcast. I was actually surprised when when I messaged you and said, hey, can would you do Sunday? I thought for sure it wasn't going to happen just because I know you're in motion, right? You're living your life. <laughs> um, so this is good. I'm glad that we could make this happen because I was looking forward to this. Just wasn't able to make it happen yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. So the, the fact that it can um, is because I spent... I spent time protecting the weekend. Uh, so just flat out. So part of it is I only have one. As far as the stuff that distracts me from the stuff that I'd rather do, <laughs> I only have one chore left to do. I got all of it done on Friday and Saturday. So kind of like that houseworky kind of stuff that tends to um, get uploaded to the weekend. Mm -hmm. I got most of it done on Friday and the remaining. And I have... I, I have one thing to do today, which is kind of, it, it's, it's like vacuuming the hardwood, like around the house, like kind of it's, it's and that I, like that it, people can't be sort of walking through spaces. So even that can be tricky. Like, even if I want to get it done, it's almost like, cause it's, it's all through the main floor of our house mm -hmm. and we have the house came with um like central vac, this kind of old kind of like rickety central vac so that's all i do i just so i've got the cord and it's getting in people's ways and i'll like just yank that cord and then i'll hear from around the corner oh because like the cord is like flipped up and hit someone um and of course i have my headphones on i'm listening to a podcast as i do it so i don't i'm not my awareness my spidey sense is not connected with the space so suffice it to say um that is the only specific thing that I have to take care of today just because, and when I say I have to, subjective, I have to because I tell myself I have to, but it's good to vacuum the house once a week, I think. So yeah, so that's how that happened. And uh, groceries, you know, the groceries I grabbed early on Sunday, so there was no interference there. So yeah, it's opportunity. I was able to cash in on opportunity because I did the work I had a time to do it. Cause you're right. The other thing too, well, the other thing too, is that my rehearsal today is a night rehearsal, which is sort of oh. out of the ordinary. Yeah. So it's a seven to 10 tonight instead of normally it's like a 12 to five on Sundays. How is rehearsal going? Um, How are you feeling? Um, I'm, I'm feeling like it's funny. It's so that's a good way to actually put it. How am I feeling? I'm trying I'm trying not to feel only because I feel I feel that feeling is not it doesn't it, it's not helping me right now. What I need is um concrete evidence that I can recite my monologues. I need concrete evidence that I can move through the, I guess I'm at the, I'm at the stage of a, of an activity where I'm not, I'm intolerant of my mistakes. Mm. And this is just a stage of, I, you know, everyone, whatever maker or creator you are, we all have mistakes and we all, um, whether we see we're making mistakes or not, we all have mistakes try to learn from your mistakes, whatever kind of creative you are. And then you um, see if you got the skill. So then, and then you try to draft, right? You try to fix it. And then 
you kind of hope that it fixed it in a way that you know makes you happy and if you happen to be sharing that creativity with someone else that it somebody else kind of recognizes that there's craft there so i'm i'm at that stage right now where i'm viewing my work from an audience perspective and saying to myself the audience will not tolerate that so i don't get to do how i feel i have to do what would be what would be acceptable from an audience member's perspective and that changes it that changes the algorithm a little bit mm. um so that that's that's where i'm at and i'm just i'm hanging on to that at least for my plan for the next week because what that does is it puts a little bit of a coach's corner uh voice in my head that basically says do it again do it again do it again reread your thing do it again it's in that really frustrating stage of I'm officially in that frustrating stage. I think of the creative process of practice and, and not like the whole thing is practice, but this is practice in the, cause I think this is practice as a verb, not practice as a noun, right? We, you and I, this, this is a whole lot of practice as a noun, <laughs> right? Right. Whether or not, like, I don't know if on the daily you and I are aware of what we're practicing towards you know, the nuances of what we do here, uh, you know, our weekly get togethers for reflective practice. We're not pushing each other to become better podcasters or, or, you know, better in this moment. So I would say what we do typically, I think our on-ramp is practice as a verb, probably closer to practice as a verb. Um, but I think our actual, when we hit live, we're probably closer to practice as a noun. And that's where I'm at right now in the process is accepting that I have to lean harder. And so, in the, okay, so I have to lean harder on practice as a verb right now with my script, with my time on stage, with my getting feedback from the director, with my building relationship. It I guess it's the, I'm very much pressure, I'm pressurized under being intentional, being active, intentional, and present which I could make that into a cool acronym, but uh, active, intentional, and present, and also have that voice in the back of my head, do it again, do it again, and not getting pissed off at it. And it's interesting because the director called this out, this moment out last week at one of the rehearsals, because he had said, we're now in a space with the rehearsals that you can't move to the next stage. You will move to the next stage, but you can't move to the next stage until you risk putting down your script like that is actually that's the door to walk through and all you're really doing is filling the room with more and more and more and more and more and more density and what you actually need to do is to walk through that door and allow whatever it is skills you think you have to sort of exist in that larger space that that's unsafe space because you have no structure or scaffolding there right it's like it's like the promise of learning to write a paragraph in grade nine and somehow knowing full well that you're going to be uncomfortable as you try to build those paragraphs into an essay or a multi-paragraph. And then the next layer of discomfort of like, now you need to write those paragraphs in an essay form, but persuasively, right? So we're inside space, take that basic hamburger paragraph. And now what you need to do is you need to write a few of those and be, have it cohesive. So that's where, that's where the, um, that's where I'm at in the process. I will say, I'm frightened of moving into that. I do have fear of moving into that. And I've been questioning that, what I'm actually afraid of. Um, 
I think that what I'm afraid of is more about finding out that the work that I've done hasn't been enough. Mm. And then I move into that large space because that large space also chronologically has to occur at some point. And chronologically, I know how much time is left until the show must go up, right? May 5th, May 5th is opening night. Um, I get it. Everything can be broken up to May 4th. <laughs> Everything can be broken. May 5th, nothing can be broken. Right? So, yeah, so that's that's where I'm at. Fear, fear only because of that um not having not having the good stoic sense to say be patient, you're doing the work, you're on the right track, but I don't have the perspective that long game to sort of take a 10,000 look foot look at it and say from up here you're on track and you will be there. Just keep your practice as it is. So there's something kind of abstract about that. Okay, so you have yet to put down your um, your script. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so you're still walking. Not complete. So not completely. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's you're a still holding on to it. Yeah, even though you might not be. Yeah, there's, so there's there's times where I might start by looking at it and then I connect right, but it's mm -hmm. still in still in my goddamn hand. Like it's right. I'm still and it's getting crushed and held, and then I lose a line, and I'm like, kind of go back. I'm like, so yeah. Um, there are elements of my character that have not been able to come alive because I'm anchored to the page mm. because part of learning about the character has to happen once the page is no longer in your hand, right? Even right. now as we're talking, we would not be able to have this conversation entirely if, if every time I had to say to you, I had to read a script in order to know what to say to you. We're existing in this moment together without script, unscripted, right? This is kind of cool. So, yeah, I wanted to hear your perspective on your preparation and how it's going just because you spend a lot of time doing it. I mean, it's literally part of, uh, you know, when we talk on the side, it comes up mm -hmm. almost daily. You mm -hmm. and your, um, even in, this is kind of cool, even uh, as time has gone on and you've had time with your family and stuff, the rehearsal has been a keystone in your life. Because mm -hmm. it's like you got to prepare, and these are the dates, and these are the times that you have to prepare with, um, with the director and and the stage, and your your the actor you're working with. It was really cool yesterday on Instagram. I I saw um, a picture that the Aurora Theater posted of you guys on the stage. Like there was a shot of the stage with all the chairs and stuff. That was cool. And then I saw your. Um, your buddy's headshot and then i was then i was i i as soon as i saw that i stopped i'm like i gotta see did they put up chris's headshot yet because I, I i'm how did i miss it i didn't i don't think they, they haven't yet they haven't yet no they're saving the star of the show for the last oh, come on the last headshot no 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 i i i did notice that too it's funny i did look i'm like oh where's mine but then i realized like savvy marketing means that you're slowly kind of just right. releasing Slow stuff, release. right? So yeah. yeah, I will say, and I ha I'll say this to, so it's Luke. Luke is the, Luke. Yeah. is the guy's name. Um, I have to, I, I will definitely compliment him. That's a, that's a, that's a solid looking headshot. Like it's, it's, it's like um, what, okay. So here's the thing. So we're still rehearsing with masks. Okay. Right. Um, and I won't stop until the very last minute show night. I won't be wearing a mask. But it was interesting, um, it very much like I've spent a lot of time with this guy, rehearsing with this guy. We're building like this parallel relationship 
like the two friends on stage. Um, we haven't shifted into friends in real life, but we're very friendly. It's like, it's a good vibe. I could see sort of how I've gotten to know him. He could be a friend. Like he sort of is a, he's the type of person that I could be friends with just in, in away from the stage. Um, so I feel some connection, some emotional connection, some, some friend connection there. So I see this picture and I'm like, damn, I actually wasn't, I didn't, I couldn't process that that was his face. It was like, I just don't have enough information from um, us being in the same space that meshed with how he looked in that photo. It was, it was fascinating because we're just not around. It's the same thing. Many teachers right now, like are looking at their students and they, they've been the fluency of getting to know people over the past two years and, you know, now schools not having the mandate, seeing students that you've known for people that you've known for two years and never actually seen a hundred percent of their face. Some people, depending, you know, if they wear a hat and they have glasses and they have the mask up, like you have very little facial record. Your facial recognition software is messed. Like you have nothing to automatically notice. And that's a primal tool, right? Like, you know, developmentally back in the day, besides smell and taste, how that face looks is a primal tool to sort of feel connection, right? Um, I am not fully grounded in baby development theory, but I've heard that's a thing, you know, noticing and recognizing your mom's face or someone that's familiar to you. Um, so yeah, the seeing his full face on Insta, it's like, wow, nice photo. I'm like, sharp looking guy. That's an easy, that's nice looking face. So that was funny. And then of course I'm like, where's my photo? <laughs> and I did. I'm like, I went over like, okay, it's not up yet. That's fine. That's fine. It's okay. Theater Roar, that's fine. If you're listening to this pod, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. It was the same thing. I was like, uh, uh oh, they posted up the the other actor. When they post up Chris, and how did I miss it? Because I yeah. remember, so in my mind, I had I had the stage with all the chairs and then this guy. I'm like, oh obviously I missed something in the middle, but I haven't. They're just say there's it's the slow release, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Marketing, baby. You gotta love it. You gotta yeah. love the marketing. Uh well, I'm glad things are going well in that realm. That's good. Um dude, it's it's what April April the tenth, and I uh, I know you messaged me this morning, you said that there's snow out there's snow out here too, a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's like mm -hmm. it's that trickery, right? April comes and you get one warm day and people go nuts they rip the snow tires off their cars they i saw a guy i laughed there's always there's always a guy and i'm not this guy but in it, the first nice day in april and people are raking their lawns mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah someone was doing that yeah. So, yeah someone was doing that yesterday i'm like i got yard work to do trust me but it's not time yet it's not even i'll consider it at the end of april in those nice days but until then mm -hmm. nah, i'm gonna stay in my house and keep doing the stuff that needs to happen in here um you're not that yeah. guy are you dude i'm not even a lawn guy okay. Lawn. okay although although here's the thing i will say is that i have you know i have noticed on like on the um on the front boulevard I'm a garden guy. I'll just say that. I'm a garden guy. I'd rather have a garden. But I have noticed on the front boulevard now that all the melt-off has happened, like a whole lot of dog crap. So mm. I guess what I have to decide is, am I am I the guy that I don't really care that much about my 
the greenness of my lawn, but am I the guy that needs to go out and pick up all that dog crap? Mm. So that's 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 where that's where I fall on that, my friend. But I did see there were people, there were several people up and down my street and up and down uh, the street beside my street that were, they were doing that, dude. They were, they were uh, raking. They were raking. And, and, you know, I watch it and I think to myself, like, is that really a thing? Like, is it really a thing that has to be, is that a, is that a thing that needs to be done right now? And I don't know. I didn't pursue it mentally, but I don't know. I don't know if that's actually a thing that needs to be done right now. Well, I have a feeling that the people who do this are the ones that do it every year, the minute things look good at the end of March or early April. So mm -hmm. my issue, like I always think it's the same person. It's not, it's not like it's shifting every year and different people do this. I don't believe that. I believe it's the same person every year. Um, Jimmy down the street or Joni. Hmm. Jimmy moved into your neighborhood, eh? Well, there's lots of Jimmys. Little Good. Jimmy. Little Jimmy, uh, Big Jimmy, Joni. They like to go out and do this. <laughs> they, they feel accomplished, right? Like they feel like they've done something outside me. I don't feel any accomplishment with that right now. And uh -huh. I am a lawn guy. In fact, I was going to say, I was going to say, I, I know that about you. I'm a lawn guy. So I think this year, I'm going to take on the front lawns of both of my neighbors. So, um, what does that mean? I, I'm going to explain right now. I'm going to write it down. Roland's talking lawns. Um, so I'm very, I really like to have the front of my lawn looking good for the curb appeal. And just for when I'm coming and going, I like to see a nice healthy lawn. And, um, that's just me. Right. I don't I'm not judging others. I just that's what I want from my place. So the the, per, the people. So if you're standing in my driveway looking at the street, the people on my right, I only there's only a little bit of their my lawn on the right is where the most of my lawn is and a little bit of theirs. So I take care of it. I fertilize it. I, I you know, overseed top dress it. I water it. I cut it. I take care of it. The people on my left, uh, that's the side where there's only a little bit of my lawn and a lot of theirs. And I don't I don't touch their side. I just do mine. Mm -hmm. In the you come over here, you know, mid-July, and you look at that side of my house and you'll see this beautiful strip of dark green, lush, thick lawn standing at attention, groomed, taken care of, and then you see a meter of that, then the next three or four meters is just death. Um, it's just, it looks like a desert. And so I'm fighting a battle, you know, if they get chinch bug or whatever, it's going to eat my lawn. Like, so anyway, this year, last week I was looking outside my front, the front of the house. And I'm like, you know what? I think this is the year that I take on their front lawn. And I just, when it's time to get to work, I just incorporate, their lawn into mine um unless they tell me not to um i probably will and see what i can do it's like a it's a it's an interesting project actually it's an interesting project do i need more work no but it would be epic if anybody pulled up to my house and both sides 
the lawn on both sides were just epic. So I'm that guy. Um, the neighbors across the street, they take care of their lawn. The three of us are all over it all the time. And we, the other neighbors chirp us and they rise us about it all the time. They're like, hey, guys, we know what you do with your time. Because you just look around, all you see is these three green lawns and then everybody else is just desert. I call it desert and death. Um, people don't water their lawn. And I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm just saying, like, I was once that person. I didn't know what to do. So I learned, you know, like, it's recommended you water your lawn for, like, three hours once a week, not three hours every day, because that doesn't help the lawn. And I've, like, learned the science about the different fertilizers and what you, what they do, what you want them to do, and what you want your lawn to experience or to be healthy. Um, it's taken years to figure that out. So when somebody, it's funny, I'll be out there working, somebody will walk by and say, hey, how did you get your lawn to look so good? And I'm like, you got 30 minutes? Because it's not a one-shot thing. It's a consistency thing, and it's slow release over time. Like right now, the backyard is a disaster. It's just a mud pit. And my son, my youngest, likes to go out there and hang out in the back. That's where he does his thinking. He, he kind of hangs out in the backyard, and he's in the mud. And three years ago, I would have said, you can't go out there. It's all muddy. And you're just going to wreck the lawn. Now it's like the lawn's wrecked. Go out and do what you're going to do. But when it's time to, to overseed and top dress and groom, you're going to be off of it for weeks until I can... I can build the turf back up and then you can go out and play some more. Um, Cause if I don't do that, then it's just, it's going to be desert death and it'll be all weeds. And I, that's something I, I don't do well with weeds. So yeah, that's, that's what's going on over here. The lawn, I'm the lawn guy. Sarah has a picture. My wife has a picture before I had, um, before I had, um, a new trimmer, I would literally be outside trimming my lawn in the front around the rock with scissors. And she got a, she came out one day and she took a picture of me crouched and using my scissors to trim it. And she loves to make fun of me about that. But I was like, it had to get done. I needed something. I needed to cut the, I needed to cut those pieces of grass. How else do you do it with that when you don't have a trimmer? Anyway, I have a trimmer now. <laughs> so, uh, oh, here's one more layer to add to that. I don't use a gas mower. I use a push mower. Manual. People were making fun of me for that on the street. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, my grass is going to be as nice as yours. And I'm not using a gas mower. And they just, you know. They just look at me funny or whatever. But after years of using it, they don't look at me funny anymore. That's it. That's all I wanted to say about that. It's awesome. It's awesome. Good on you. Well, I got nothing because I'm not that guy. <laughs> but I also wouldn't I wouldn't walk I wouldn't walk past your place and I wouldn't ask you questions. I wouldn't bother. I wouldn't I don't even think that I would um I don't even think I would notice if you had a good lawn. But you know, I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't strike me as, uh, it wouldn't strike me as a, as a, 
as remarkable. Like that's how far away from it I am. Now, if you did something, if you did something with with flowers or plants or a rockery, well placed fruit tree, um, maybe a bench in a covered area. Yeah, something in the design that I think to myself, wow, like that that's intentional and something cool is going to grow out of that one spot. I can tell the way that they've kind of staged that one part. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's where, and what I would be doing as I'd be watching, like for what I watch in, in people's yards is how they've, how they've, um, how they understand the cycles, like, like what you're addressing for the grass, you know, there's a time when different things have to be done. Mm -hmm. Once you have your established garden, you, in theory, as I've come to understand it, is that you'll have different things growing at different rates and different things that would be perennially popping up well. Like, for example, right now, tulips popping up. You can have tulips and tulips and crocuses popping up. Like, if you have those just in the scent, like how people, how people position those in their garden so that their garden starts to look good at one point. And then it's almost like, um, what's that? What's that uh, Olympic event? Relay race. And then as the tulips and crocuses are fallen, you have another thing popping up and you kind of end your season with your hostas and these other things that just like you can't you can't burn them down. They last forever. Right. Mm -hmm. So I like seeing how people notice that. And I've gotten better at it, but I had no clue. I had no clue about these kind of like time and place and space kind of things. So I like that. I like I noticed that I would definitely notice that in someone's uh, in someone's garden. <laughs> Well, and that's because that's where my interest lies too, right? Like, right, right. Again, I don't, I don't, um, I, I don't bother with trying to, I don't bother with trying to, uh, to, to grow grass. I have it, but I curse it every time I, every time I'm maintaining grass, I'm swearing to myself. I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I putting this effort into grass? I guess I could, I guess I could find a way to love it like any plant. But for me, it's kind of like there's there's not enough novelty to it to keep my interest. Maybe that's it. Just not enough novelty. It's just a it's just a green carpet, right? Like, and and I get it. Even as I say that, you're like, yeah. And the better, the lusher, the darker, the healthier green carpet. That's important. I'm like, yeah, not so much. It's all good. What I love is that I can have an amazing garden. And and have a crappy lawn. I can choose that. And I love that probably you could have a great lawn and not care about your garden. I do you, care a little bit about the garden, but what I do don't. You, what, what do you focus on? What do you? What do you? What do you? Um, what do you track in your garden? So I don't know the plants in the garden, but I do like to have um, nice, fresh-looking new mulch with mm -hmm. the mulch line. And like, I like to, so I do want it to be attractive to the eye and it is when we're in full swing, the garden, the garden does what it needs to do. It looks right. looks healthy. Um, so for me, the perfect combination is the grass, healthy grass and an attractive looking garden. We don't have like, we don't have like, uh, flowers and stuff. We've got, uh some bushes in the backyard we've got these like i don't even know what to call them but they're positioned nicely and they grow really big and tall i don't know it 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 ends up looking decent 
but for me, it's about it's about the mulch uh, being positioned properly, looking healthy, looking good. I want it to be attractive. That's all. I don't know anything about flowers. I it's like me my... some good mulch too. I, I love like mulch. I love mulch. The smell of it, the new new mulch, the smell, the shine. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm a, mulch, I'm a mulch fan. I like black mulch too. <laughs> I like black. I'm more the red. You're the red, eh? Yeah, the red or like a dark a dark brown, I guess. I like I that. Could, I could go for a dark brown or black. I have done the we do have. It's funny cuz I I do have to get some more. Mm -hmm. Um Maddie and I dug out the whole one side of our house and kind of leveled it last year and then put down put down the the weed the weed covering and then put about five inches of mulch on top mm -hmm. and then karen wanted some like walking stones you know like kind of like a walking pathway through it so we did that um and we know this year when we did it last year, we knew that we would have to do it again, like just kind of top it up this year because over winter water, like it just, it all, it falls, right. It sort of compresses and stuff. So we know we have to top that up this year. So that's a, that's a project that's coming, but we wanted, we wanted to be able to go out. So our backyard is, is a little bit strange. There's two gates on it mm -hmm. on either side of our house. And we had to replace the gate and fence on that side last year. Cause it was all, well that basically started it we replaced the gate and then realized well if we're going to replace the gate and that stretch of fence then we need to make that side more passable like mm -hmm. that we could walk down it because we i had just let it grow over so yeah we did that we did that task so that was cool but uh yeah now this year we know we have to go back in and kind of top it up and do a little bit of fixing mm -hmm. yeah but that's yeah that's it's funny that that task that task though is is a cool lawn task only because i get to work on it with one of my kids mm -hmm. like that's that's the that's the connective tissue for me that they want to come out and she was digging in and and you know hauling hauling uh wheelbarrows back and forth like she was she was enjoying it so i felt like i was kind of conveying i guess the best, best way to say it like conveying knowledge you know mm -hmm. what i mean like you're able to share share some of that some of your experience with your kid and then it was a little bit there's a little bit of a farmer kind of mindset to it yeah so this year they'll be helping with the tomatoes and the cucumbers too so nice that's good. yeah that's good um along those lines i want to talk mm -hmm. about you and i were talking about our kids and volunteering in the community mm -hmm. um particularly or with respect to High school graduation and requiring um, volunteer hours to be able to graduate. And yesterday, my son he started a new volunteer job, and I was with him. And it was pretty cool to watch him and listen to him interact with complete strangers. Mm -hmm. um, and as he was doing it, I was feeling a little bit like a human farmer. Right, like someone who is uh, giving my kid what he needs in order to grow into something good, and then maybe reproduce that 
one day um, based on his experiences, right? So mm -hmm. that was, it was a really cool thing to see him navigating a space that he was unfamiliar with. And him and I debriefed last night. So last night, as I told you earlier on, in the on-ramp, we were watching hockey. And I was asking him about the day and how he felt about his work that day and the people he met. And it was funny because he was, it was, it was funny because he was breaking it down for me. He's like, yeah, the, so him and I, we got, we got to the place together and we started working together. And then the person in charge noticed that my son was looking pretty bored. So she was like, hey guys, I'm going to move one of you to another station. And I, I looked at him and I said, do you want to stay or do you want to go? He's like, I want to go. I don't want to do what you're doing. It's boring. So he moved. And so he left with the supervisor and then was on his own. And he was telling me like uh, he needed some materials to do the job that they wanted him to do. And he didn't know where to find it. So he was walking around. He was commenting on how, you know, people were like, where are you going? What are you doing? And I said, well, how did you respond to that? Like, did you kind of step up and speak your mind? And he's like, yeah, well, kind of. And I said to him, you know, this is an interesting, this is interesting for me. This is um, great learning for you. I said, in life, I said, what you experienced today, being in a situation that you've never been in before, working with people you've never met before who are older than you, and just doing things that you don't do. I said, this is, this is life. Like, this is kind of a mini version of what life looks like when you go to new places or meet new people or start new things. You don't, you sometimes don't know anything about what's going on. And so you have to make a decision. You have to decide whether you pussyfoot around these situations, these people, or you just speak your mind and you say what you need. And I said, dude, the key is to have a mix of both. Right, because you don't want to come in bursting through the door, but you also don't want to come in and go hide in a corner. For me, and I said, even, and I said, you're gonna have to find your own way. But for me, a nice balance is good, and then understanding when to step up one level over the other. Yeah, that's you know? true. And he's kind of looking at me. I'm like, I know. I said to him, "This is what I can tell you after like 45 years on this earth, and I still don't always get it right." But I said to him. Like, he explained some situations. I said, okay, what did you say or what did you do? And I said, would you do it differently next time? He goes, yeah, I would. Because he said, I, he said at one point, the guy he was working with told him, okay, we need to, it was in a, it was in a, like a cooking situation. And the guy says to my son, okay, you can go take like a 10 minute break because we're not going to be, we're not going to be ready to proceed for another 10 minutes. So my son was like, okay. So my son left the kitchen area and went and sat down in the sitting area and was looking at his phone. And I was working in the area where he was taking his break. So I'm with a group of people and I'm doing my stuff. And then the supervisor, uh, she's like, what's he doing over there? And she wasn't like saying it in a mean way. She was just, she was having her lunch and she was joking. And she's like, why is he over there? I'm like, I don't know. Like, why don't you ask him? Like, even I was like, okay, so I'm his dad. And he's, I'm not currently working with him. So why don't you ask him what he's doing? And then he came over to talk to me. I said to him, what are you doing? He goes, I'm, I'm on break. The guy told me to take a 10 minute break. I said, okay. So the guy you're working with knows where you are. He actually instructed you to do this. And Ben's like, yeah, it's awesome. Enjoy your break. 
it was one of those dad check-ins like are you are you jerking around here are you like what are you supposed to be doing and he's like Uh break i said okay and then when he was done his break he went back to work but i said to him when we were talking about this last night i said you speak up for yourself if somebody says hey where are you what are you doing you say jimmy (laughs) jimmy told me to take 10 minutes because da 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 like you don't just kind of sit there and and let someone think that you're slacking off. If you're slacking off and you say, "Whoops, I'm slacking off. I'll get back to work." Like you own it, own whatever it is, whether it's good or bad. I said this is a skill, this is something you need to learn to do because this is going to happen for the rest of your life. Um and I said and I said to him, "How did you feel you did? Did you feel like you did a good job?" Did he says, "Yeah." I said, "Good, because they could tell us not to come back. You know that, right?" even though we're volunteers, we could be, we could be more work for them. Instead of helping them with the work, we could become the work. And I said, nobody wants that. So um, I said, I'm going to sign us up for another shift and um, we'll go from there. I said, you just do the best you can with whatever job is given to you to do and speak for yourself. If you can't find an apron or gloves you say to somebody hey i need gloves can you please tell me where to find them because here's here's a good one for you here's a here's a great example and i'm gonna stop my son came up to me and he's like i can't find the gloves i'm like okay i'll show you where they are because somebody showed me where they were so we go to the glove area and then the person that was teaching him what to do said hey what's going on and and I said, I looked and I said, tell them what you're doing. He goes, I'm looking for gloves. And they're like, they're right there. And then I spoke up and said, they're all too small. So you've got boxes here that say small, medium, and large, but they're all small. We've tried them all. And it was, then it was like, oh, oh. Then it was like, not a, hey guys, what are you doing? It's, oh, I need to give you what you need to do your job. So then the person was like, okay, come with me. Let's go get open a new box of gloves. And I looked at my son. I'm like, you see, you, you got to speak. Like, them watching you stare at the gloves, they're going to think there's something wrong with you. Like, you don't know. what There's just something off. Speak. So I spoke. I said, you got three boxes of gloves. All the boxes say different sizes. But guess what? We've taken some from each box, and they all fit the same. They're all too small. So somebody dropped the ball. I was like, I get into this mode of... I'm not, I'm not dicking around. I'm trying to do my job, but somebody here didn't do their job. And I'm kind of protective of my kid. I'm like, don't take it out on my kid. Anyway, so then he got the right gloves. But I'm like, you need to speak. You need to speak. And, and you need to, if you can navigate this experience, then you can navigate any new experience because this is just mimicking a new experience. You've never... Like and I show when we got to the place, um, we walk in. Nobody says a word to you because everybody's working. So I walked up. To, I said, "Watch this." We walked up. People. I said, "Hey, my name is Roland, and I'm looking so and so. This is our first shift." And like, "Oh, okay. Let me let me help you." Like you don't just stand there and wait. You you walk up to somebody and you speak, and you go from there. And I I told you there was going to be one more thing. I told you that was going to be the one more thing. Good, I got to give you this one too because I did. I took a little bit of my own advice. I was working with this group. There's a family. They come every Saturday and they they do the same work every Saturday. And I happen to be working with them. <clears throat> and 
there were a bunch of people missing yesterday. There was like a handful of people who didn't show up because of COVID. They have COVID or they're not feeling well or whatever. So one of the people in this family says to me, what's your shift? And I said, I'm working from 11 to three. She's like, oh, okay. And she's like, um, there's no way we're going to be done by three. Um, so don't feel like you have to stay and help when it gets to three. And I looked at her and I said, I don't feel that at all. Like a psycho, big smile on my face. Doing my job. I'm like, trust me, I don't feel like I have to stay. I committed to three. And if my son's not done at three, then we won't go because I want him to finish whatever he is he committed to. I'm out of here when he's done. And it was awesome. It was like, thanks, I appreciate that, but we're leaving at three. What ended up happening? It came to three, and we had about five more minutes of work left, and Ben was done. I said, I just need five more minutes. And the lady laughed. She's like, oh, you're going to stay? I said, I can do five. If you tell me it's another hour, I'm out. I have a life mm -hmm. and a family outside of this. Yep. And she was messing around with me. She wasn't being mean or anything. It was just how I'm like, oh, trust me. I'm leaving when I'm when it's time for me to leave. I don't need anybody's – I don't need to say, oh, no, I signed up for my shift. Mm -hmm. Stuff to do after my shift. It's different if I don't, but I do today. So anyway. It reminds me of when um, back in the day – I used to, um, when I would take Maddie and Jake grocery shopping and I would send them on recon. And I can remember initially, um, and this is like, they're young, like, I don't know, Maddie was maybe in grade five, four or five. I would have put Jake in grade two, two, three. And I would tell them, we need milk. Go get it. And they'd start, they'd go running. I can't tell you how many times, you know, this is, this is layered, right? But um, they had been passive voyagers to the grocery store for quite some time, sitting in the cart, seeing the different uh, spaces. Um, and, you know, me telling them, we've, we had lots of conversations around, like, when we're in the car, do you have any sense of travel? Or is it just you sort of you disappear and reappear in new places. And initially that's what it was. The car itself, there was, it was a, it was a transporter. It wasn't, it wasn't a, like a textbook or there wasn't a fluency to understand what now we're turning this corner. And now this takes 15 minutes between these two points. None of that information was processing. It was like they, they disappeared at point A, our house and reappeared point B at uh, the grocery store. So I used to always challenge them on the drive there. Like I'd ask them, like, where do we turn? They're like, what do you mean? Like, how do we get to the grocery store? So I would do that in the car to get them to be mindful of the process, the path to the grocery store. And then we get to the grocery store and I'd say, I need milk. And the, the running joke, and they still remember this, is that I would send them to the deli counter. I may have told you this. I would send them to the deli counter. And the deli counter at our local metro, I would be getting the the vegetables which i could see over to the deli counter it was you know like a i don't know 40 yards away maybe 20 yards away just across the actual store and uh i would tell one of them i'm like you go get milk generally that was maddie because it was on the other side of the store and then jake i would say you need to go to that counter right there to the deli counter i would point out the counter eventually i could just say the deli counter and he knew you need to go to that counter and uh i need 250 grams of shaved black forest ham. And I did that on purpose to create a rhyme, to create something that they could remember. And that was their job. 
And funny, he would go running over there and he would just stand there. Again, missing a fluency, right? Doesn't understand what it means to be in line. Doesn't understand what it means to ask for help. Doesn't understand. He just knew what he had to say when he arrived there. So I could hear him sometimes from across the grocery store, just screaming it up into the air. Like he thought he just had to arrive there and say it. And then he would come back and he's like, no one's doing anything for me. Or he would come back part way and like, what was it that I needed to ask for again? Like 250 grams of shaved black forest ham. He's like, okay, 250 grams. He's like, he as he's walking away, he's muttering it to himself, right? Like this little three foot uh, mini me going to grab the ham. But it was a great learning experience. And it was also a great, this is, this is something that also happens. And, you know, I'm sure was happening in your experience yesterday is that you disrupt a space in a good way. You, you give us, you remind both the individuals in the space and the space that difference exists and that new people can, can be a part of your life and that you have to provide support. So the people that were there, you're saying it from the point of view of asking, the, the, you're telling your son the importance of asking for help and you know you being able to speak your mind. It's also important for the individuals there to experience that somebody asking for help, someone speaking their mind. It's such a organic experience that it's easy to go into pro forma and just kind of like go through the motions. Well, this is what we do when we do, we stand beside somebody and you forget the humanness of it, right? So from across the veggie, I'm checking avocados and I'm seeing the humanness from the other side. Like I can see where he's in line with two. And the line was never clear. Like it wasn't See, and here's the thing, difference about school. When you line up at school, it's very clear in how you line up. It's very clear in how you prioritize to go into your classroom. And these are the early learnings of school that eventually teach you how to exist in society. So, you know, the idea of putting up your hand, the idea that, you know, is, is the way that you line up at school front to back or is it sideways? You have to be against a wall. Is it by height? Like, what are the categorical things of saying I'm next? And I could see that playing out from across, like he tried, like he went up to the counter and there was five people all facing the counter. Mm. So in that particular case, the lineup was actually from, from my point of view, the person that would have been on my left was first in line, then second, third, fourth, fifth. Mm -hmm. He went up and he lined up directly behind the person that was first in line. So he's doing this front to back line, totally different fluency. The lineup was going this way, which would have put him almost down like, around the corner in the meat department, but he didn't have any clue about that. So this was awesome to see because he would stand there in line and then the next person to the right would put in their order and I'd see him do this, turn around and look at me, right? Like what's up with this place? And then other times where he's there, he was the next one in line. The person behind the counter though, didn't see him. Oh. So they would see that. So he would, he, so he figured out he's in the right place. He's, he now has figured out it's a, it's a shoulder to shoulder line. And you move this way. So he's next in line. The person behind the counter, though, is looking at this person here. They don't see him because he's like this. He's mm -hmm. like, can I have 300 grams? Of, you know, he's a little teeny tiny and he's down behind the counter. But they can see the head of this person. So all of a sudden you just see him put his hands up in the air. He's like, hello. hello. Like, And then you see the person kind of go like this. Oh, hey, how's it going down there? And then, of course, I can hear him screaming. I need 250 grams of sliced ham. Black. Black. Black and the person goes black forest. Yeah, black forest ham. So I love this kind of I love what you you and your family, you know, what you went through yesterday in this experience. And it connects so deeply with my belief as well that I want my kids to be able to navigate the world when I'm not there. 
Mm. Right. I, I want them to have some tools when I'm not there sort of whispering on their shoulder of what two things. I, I don't want to have to tell them what to do in that moment. And I don't want them to have to ask, am I doing the right thing? I want them to have that in their operating system. And, um, you know, the thing with Jake is that he would do the ham and then he'd come right up. He's like, okay, now can I go look at the lobsters? And I'm like, yeah, buddy, go look at the lobsters. And um, Karen and I went through a real process there because I would, they would, kids would come home and they would like, we went and got oranges today. We went and got the yogurt. And they were talking about all this stuff. And of course, Karen turns to me and is like, you didn't keep them with you? Like, no, I'm like, I, I want them to have the, I, I said, this is good. I said, they can't get out the door, right? They know the rules about if they get lost, because we had the family rules, you know, talk to someone in a uniform. That's, mm -hmm. they're sort of, talk to someone that has other family members with them, right? Uh, talk to someone that's at account behind a counter. I said, those were the, those were the rules. If you get lost, that's you kind of use those three. Um, I said, worst case scenario, sit down and start crying. Like you you can go there. Right. But those are sort of the rules like to get help. And uh, it was, it was, it was one of the most amazing moments. The last thing I'll close on this was um, Maddie. So I sent Maddie to get the milk. So milk, if, if we're, if we're at the deli section, that would be like at six, six o'clock on the dial. And the milk was like kind of like at 11 o'clock, like it was on the opposite side and starting to go towards a corner. So I no longer could see her when she went to get milk. Mm -hmm. we're, we're a bag milk family. So I knew that, but I also knew the bag milk that we got was at the right height for her. She could do it. But she got over there and they had moved the shelves around. So she knew the product she had to get, but she couldn't reach it. Now I had come around the corner before and I'd seen her like standing up in the cooler, grabbing it out. I let it roll. She's doing what she's got to do, right? She's careful. She gets it down. She comes back. So I didn't know that this had, was playing out when she was away from me, but she came back with the milk. I'm like, cool. Got the milk. And I sent them on expedition again, go get yogurt, go get bread, whatever. And um, later on, she says, that's, that's the woman that I asked for help. I'm like, when, when did that happen? She said, well, I, when I went to get milk, the milk was too high for me and I couldn't climb up to grab it. So I just turned to the woman beside me and said, I have to get milk. Could you get a bag down for me? And the person did. The person got the milk down. I know I was said, this is the last thing I'm going to say one more thing. The teacher in me, the teacher in me, then sometimes I would send them and say, okay, we need orange juice today. It's got to be pulp free. Mm -hmm. Like we're just craving it, but I want you to find the best deal. And they would come back and they would say, this is one liter or one L. They could figure that this was one L and it was $3. There was another one that was that was two L's, but it was $8. Mm -hmm. She said, I think this is actually a better deal because it's on sale. I said, it is. Good job. So I rolled in some of that next level stuff of once you get the social kind of stuff down. And I guess you could do it in any order. For us, it was the social. It was the connection. It was the mapping of the store. Um, the autonomy. The fact that they they had that feel like they got to kind of leave in a safe way, like they they were successfully navigating the world. Um, that thrill of not having to sort of be right next to mom or dad, like they were able to kind of make decisions. And kids love to make decisions; they really do. Um, from my experience, how we how and what we let them make decisions about sometimes is tricky to figure out. But um, yeah, they, I would then say, okay, we only want to spend five bucks and we want to get as much of that as possible. That one was usually the chip factor. So we have six bucks for chips. All we care about is getting a lot of chips. Make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> make it happen. That's exactly what I would say. I'm like, make it happen. And they're like, I'm like, 
go. And they're like, and they just run off and they come back with chips. So, um, after my son and I did this yesterday, mm -hmm. we went to get dinner and we went into like, uh, it's really cool place. Well, you know, you know where Penny's hot chicken is, you know how they have that lineup of all those, mm -hmm. all those storefronts in that little space. Mm -hmm. So we go in there and there's a gong show in front of Penny's. There's like a hundred people and we don't know. My son's like, how are you going to know who's, how are you going to know who's paid and who's not? I said, it's going to be really easy. I walked right up to where you order. There were three people standing there. I just, I said, have you guys ordered? And two of them are like, yeah, I have. And then they backed out of that space. And then the one was like, I haven't ordered yet. I'm going to, I'm like right on. So I stepped behind him, look at my son. And I'm like, that's all you do, bro. Like there's no, you just say, who's waiting in line and then they're like we are and then you go behind the last person in the line mm -hmm. but he's like dad there's like a million people here i'm like you just friggin' start asking yeah that's or, it you know what if you step in the wrong place someone's gonna let you know someone's gonna be like, just just be back. just be open enough to that feedback right Fair yeah. enough. Like you have that's, to be. Yeah. Well, and just but that's like the dad response right recognize yeah, yeah. it's it's okay to make that mistake don't double down on it by being righteous. Just like right. say, just I, I usually yeah. give them. I'm like, thank you for letting me know. I yeah. or or sometimes like you ask, where's the line, or have you ordered, or who who's in line here? Like that's all it takes. It's all it takes. Um, it's, it's quite remarkable how few people will do that, though. They kind I of know, that's they kind of, and that was what I was what I was actually observing. That's one of the things I was observing. I would say, you know, to Jake, when he, before he figured out the horizontal lineups, I'm like, if you're if you're not sure, sometimes figuring out that you're not sure is also a thing. That's a process. But I said, I could see you from across the way trying to figure out all on your own what to do. Just turn and ask. And so he always does. He he's actually more more open to doing that than his uh, older sibling. He he'll he'll ask. He'll talk. He'll connect doesn't give a damn he'll now just ask but that really is i see that in adults i see adults that just kind of stand there and wait to be noticed and if it's a busy space sometimes people don't have time to notice right they're looking to sort of get through the queue who's next who's next who's next and just kind of get that done that's a thing right it's a thing so can we see your artwork for today yeah for sure it was something can i put a question to you before i show before i show you you can yeah I'll do it at the same time. Just let me finish one last line here as I'm talking. So one of the things that I thought I was going to drop today, but maybe I'll just drop it as a, as a, um, it's not homework, dude, but it's kind of like, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious about uh, what you've noticed in yourself. Have you, okay, over the last two years, and I'll just, you know, we know what we're talking about when we're talking about that. The last two years, at any point, did it occur to you to quit being an educator? Yes. You have yes. had that, eh? I have had that, yeah. Okay. So and that's what... We'll definitely have to pick up on that next week. Oh, the punch clock. Nice. Yeah, so that's... that's And I, I just... That was something that uh, maybe this week we can play with that a little bit. Um, I'm in a couple, couple discussions with um, colleagues right now about... Like how, how close do you get to that thought before it's actually a real thought, right? 
so it's a real sorry it's a real thought but how does it how does it move from from noun wrapping all the way back to the beginning of our combo how does it move from noun to verb right yeah, i go. i quit i quit how did what what is the thing that would um allow someone to move to that space because i think for some people it's a like their 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 wellness is dependent on it no matter the cost and then there's others that are approaching it and they feel the gravity and they can't pull themselves out of it so that was that's the um my starting point is that i have not had that thought i have not um i'm not sure i have some suspicions why um but I have not, that has not occurred to me that anything has happened that would particularly light up that thought for me. I wish we could talk about this more. Mm -hmm. I would really love to. I do have cliffhanger, to but I tell you, I've not felt that way this, this last year in my mm -hmm. new role. So we'll, we'll, I guess we'll have to work through this, but this year in my new role, I've not felt that at all. I'm sure we'll pick it up at some point, too. I'm sure we will. That right, was uh, Season 5, Episode 28. Yeah, Dakota Podcast. Have a great Palm Sunday. Well, oh, yes, I will. I Thank you. You also. Oh, geez. Why does Irma, really? We're punching out Irma. <laughs> Irma says, navigating the social nuances of our world is complex, and the structures in school need to be aware. One I'm I'm in. I love it. She'll have to join us next week when we continue to talk about this. Stay tuned for next week when Roland says You're supposed to say something. Uh welcome to season five, episode twenty-nine of the Decoded Podcast. Right. Happy on. to be here. Ciao. Okay. Happy Palm Sunday. Peace. <laughs>